This place is on the map. The adventure map. Welcome to the Marty Morissette audio experience. <laughs> Let's go. Have you ever found yourself in the position on a trip, on a camping trip, where things get so hard physically and emotionally that you just want to leave it all there and go home? Or have you ever found yourself in that position and on top of that, maybe you're an online content creator, maybe you're a photographer, maybe you just like to capture moment for capture moments for your own memories, but in that moment, you just want to stop recording, leave it all behind, focus on the trip, and you might not even be enjoying yourself in that trip, in that moment. If that's the case, today we're talking exactly about that because I got a really good question from uh, my friends, uh, from two of my friends that I'm super, super excited to jump in and, and discuss with you guys about today. But first off, welcome to the podcast, everybody. I hope everybody's having a wonderful, wonderful day. If you don't know it by now, my name is Marty Morissette. I'm an outdoor uh, camping, outdoor adventure enthusiast, outdoor adventure mentor, and I just produce a crap ton of content across all the social media to hopefully bring you some value and hopefully share with you my stories that'll really motivate you to go out and push your limits and create memories. I've had a crazy, crazy summer uh, so far. I have not had the time to jump on the podcast. So for all the listeners out there, I'm sorry I wasn't as dedicated. But as the summer's winding down and the operation of the summer for me with what I do in the outdoors will actually drastically uh, reduce quite a bit, I'm really looking forward to come back here and, and record the podcast. So if you are like my friends Rob's and Sabrina and you have a question, uh, a gear question, a technique question, you want to hear my take on something, uh, please, 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 this podcast works with questions. I love to just come out here, answer your question as much as possible, provide as much value as possible. And the best way to do that and the way I like to see to do it is if you can just take a video selfie of yourself, record a video selfie of yourself, present yourself, say hi. I like to connect names with, with a face because as a content creator on my side of the of the screen I never really know who is who so being able to connect with you guys with a, a visual is just a really nice way for me to know who's out there and and uh, I think it's a neat way to to uh, to connect so take a video selfie of yourself go to my website or go to any of my DM platforms from Instagram DM or Facebook DMs or by email marty at martymorset.com send me that video of you with that question and I will gladly, gladly take the time to answer it here on the podcast. This is what it's all about. Oh, I've had a, a, I've had such a good summer of paddling this year uh, that um, I, I feel like you know it's the beginning of September right now. Kids are back at school. The operation at work is back to school style. We're back into it. Uh, the canoe season is not quite over. But the big bulk of my canoe season, uh, I have to say, is probably over. I am extremely content with it. I had the opportunity to go uh, up north, do the Mistesbi Northwest with the kids, whitewater trip for six days. That was awesome. I had the chance to do the Coulonge with my friends. And then I had to also, uh, the last trip I went on that you guys have heard a little bit here and there if you follow me, but I haven't produced anything about it yet, is I did by far, by far the hardest river trip I've ever ever done the Bat Batiscan River in the Quebec City area 
And uh, let me tell you, <laughs> that trip, speaking about having uh, a trip pushing your limits, really putting you to a place where you might not want to be at times or where it's really challenging and adding the challenge on top of that to have to record, um, that trip really, really pushed me like that. And uh, the learning opportunities were phenomenal. I learned a ton on it. And um, I'm really, really excited to share the story with you. And hopefully I captured uh, the moment well enough. Um, so without further ado, essentially, especially with that lead up of the baddest and how challenging it was. I mean, like I came back from that trip beaten up, like bruised up everywhere, sore. My voice was gone from so much yelling across the rapids. Uh, I was emotionally drained and I'm not even sure the quality of the footage I took. This is how challenging it was. Uh, we had three full boats with full gear swim in, in big ra rapids. One of those boats actually pinned. Uh, the first night, we started the day at like 10 o'clock. Uh, just as a quick little synopsis here because I'm, I'm <laughs> such a crazy trip. But essentially, we took the train upriver got dropped by the river in the middle of nowhere, which that alone was a really cool experience. But at 1 a.m., we sleep by the river, next morning jump on the river, and that night we walked into camp at 11.30 p.m. And trust me, it's not because that's what I wanted. Um, it's just the events of the day brought us there. Insane story to come. But with that, let's jump and listen to uh, the question from my friends Rob and Sabrina the Ontario outdoor couple at uh, the Ontario camping couple and uh, let's uh, let's see what they have to say hi Marty hey Marty so we were just watching listening to uh, one of your podcast experience and you had mentioned in it about feeling deflated when you're going through your footage when you're editing um, so my question is about that it, really brought up it really hit the spot with me because the last really long trip we were on which was the moon river i found there were certain days when we were mentally and emotionally exhausted physically exhausted frustrated from pushing so hard and stuff that filming there was a couple of days where filming was we couldn't, it's almost like we couldn't find the right shot. We didn't know what we wanted to film. We came, we became deflated and sometimes we wouldn't even film because we were just so deflated is the word. So, uh, you know, and then we come back and then I'm going through the footage and the footage is scattered all over the place on the memory card and then having to go through it, I get deflated doing that. So when you're out on your trips, whether they be short or long, do you have those moments where you feel defeated and deflated and you just want to just stop filming and just go on with the trip or or just end the trip because you're because the premise was you had a story to tell and now you don't know if you're telling the story right so you're getting frustrated is there a way that you deal with that and cope with that um, while you're out on your trips and as well as when you're I know you said just start doing it and it, and it gets over that and, and sometimes that does work but there's times where you're going through it and while you're going through that footage you can remember the struggle you went through out in you know out on the trip so that those emotions come back and then again there's, there's that feeling of that deflation and that defeat and you get up and you walk away from it have you have you encountered that while you've been out on your trips and if so 
what do you do to get through those moments when when you're that exhausted and that frustrated and stuff where you feel like it's a burden to either do the filming or the trip or the two of them combined is so I guess that's my question is have you encountered that and how do you push through that to keep making the quality pro or to, to get to your story to tell that quality bit that you want to tell while you're out there anyways I hope all that made sense and uh, I hope you haven't encountered it but if you have what do you do to get through it anyways we'll talk to you later on thanks Marty Hi, Sabrina. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, uh, Rob and Sabrina, for uh, sending me this question. I'm super, super excited to answer it. But first off, I know you guys had a really crazy busy summer. You're at the beginning of the summer. You guys were out on a lot of long trips. Uh, and I know that, uh, Rob, you separated your shoulder, I believe, uh, which was a really unfortunate um, accident. And uh, I'm hoping your recovery is doing well. I'm hoping that you're going to be back in shape as much as possible. You know, shoulders are tricky, man, because there's a lot of things going on in there and they can these injuries can last for a little while. So hopefully you're nursing that to health really well because the last thing you want to do is not be able to paddle for a handful of years because of it. So I wish you all the, you know, I wish you all the best with that. Um, but to answer, to dive into the deep of your question, to really get into it, uh, you sent me that question maybe a month and a half ago and I just didn't have the time to come on here and at the same time to be honest it was kind of a, a blessing that I didn't an answer that question because I hadn't gone through the Batiskin River yet which I just came back from a handful of weeks ago and uh, I can very much relate with the feeling that you're expressing from your moment uh, and uh, I, I, I think the, the first thing I want to talk about to answer that question, to really bring value. And for all the folks at home that aren't, you know, content creators filming out there and all that, uh, this is gonna be a bit of a behind the scene of, you know, what it means to be a content creator in these in these situation and, and, and how things work a little bit. And I'll share my framework and how I work with you guys. Uh, so maybe not as interesting for the camping side of things, but sometimes a little behind the scene is always interesting to know how uh, you know how creators work it's just something that I personally always really enjoyed so hopefully you'll enjoy that but I think you'll especially for the first part of my answer I think it'll apply for any tripper out there that might find themselves in a really tough situation where they just feel like tapping out at times and the first thing I want to talk about is the most important thing to be able to push through these tough moments and that applies to almost everything in life is you really have to have a well-defined why and this is super cliche. You've heard it a thousand times probably by now. People talk about it all the time. Make sure you know your why. And it just, you know, it lacks a lot of um, tangible content. So what I want to do with that is I want to share with you why I do what I do. And, um, and I think that that's going to be, uh, I think that's going to bring a lot of value and hopefully help you kind of figure that out. Because for me, the first like year and a half of creating content I have to admit that I didn't quite understood exactly what my why was. And uh, that, that does come up with, and it, when you don't know your why, uh, you often second guess yourself. And even when you know your why, you second guess yourself <laughs> and you challenge yourself as to why am I doing this right now? I should stop. Uh, but having a really clear why allows you to refocus back your thoughts and energy in the right place to, uh, to, to push you forward. I am, I am just the product of circumstances, essentially. And when I was nine or 10 years old, 
uh, I met someone in my life that was extremely, extremely influential to me. Uh, that person is Guillaume. You've seen him in my earliest video, especially when I w w go out with the kids on bike packing trip. You've seen him on those videos on the YouTube channel. Guillaume is, uh, Guillaume at the time when I was nine or 10 years old, he uh, started to go out with my cousin. My cousin lived in Quebec City. He lived in Gatineau. They met because my parents knew their parents. However, that worked out. But the point is that, and, and Guillaume now is married to my cousin, and I just call him my cousin now because it's just too complicated to say my cousin's husband. Uh, but, but essentially, Guillaume over time has also just become like a really close friend of mine. Uh, and he, he was a major role model in my life. When I was nine or 10 years old, uh, over March break, we used to drive up, and we did this for years, we used to drive up to Quebec City where we would stay with my uncle, and then uh, obviously he would go see his girlfriend and my cousin, and we would go skiing, uh, just downhill skiing for the whole uh, March break. And um, on those drives up, you know, Guillaume has 10 years over me. So when I was nine, he was 19, and Guillaume had always a lot of patience, patience and a lot of um, enthusiasm around what he did and he wanted to share his stories all the time and I was just an enthusiastic kid that loved to hear stories so uh, I would we would drive up to, to Quebec City together sitting at the back seat while our parents are driving in the front and he would spend the entire five hours of that drive sharing stories and telling stories of his backcountry camping trips and of his backpacking trips in the Adirondacks, his winter hiking trips in the, uh, in, on, at Mount Washington, like climbing Washington, Mount Washington at minus 30, uh, his whitewater kayaking trips on the Ottawa River. And he so much captivated me. And his stories, and, 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 and then after that, because of how enthusiastic I was about it, he then took me on to those trips and, and actually mentored me a lot, especially in whitewater kayaking for many years. We did that together, you know, and, and it's something that I look back at that I'm so, I feel so fortunate about because, because when I was 14, 15, 16, and he would bring me on the Ottawa River whitewater kayaking for days on end, he was 24 and he was bringing me along with his friends and I was the little kid who was 14 and uh, he never made me feel like that. Um, and he was always there with me telling me stories teaching me how to do all of that stuff and being extremely patient and and that that shaped a lot of who I am today like that like those moments in my life is very much the reason why I do what I do today in the outdoors why I raise my kids the way I raise them because when he had kids obviously a little bit before me although I had mine pretty young but uh so I had mine so young that his his youngest is the same age as my youngest <laughs> but but when I started to have kids and I wanted to figure out how I was going to do, how, how I was going to raise my kids. I looked up to him directly because he was already out with his kids, you know, camping, going on adventures, doing these long day trips. And, um, and, and so did I, after that, I, I modeled that and, and it really shaped who I am. And, um, and, and, and alongside to that, as I grew up, another big event happened is I fell in love with music. And, and so when I was 12 years old, I picked up a guitar after listening to the album Anima of the State from Blink-182. And that shaped a big part of my life as well because then I picked up a guitar and I started to play. And very, very shortly after, I started to write my own songs and play in the bands and write, this, you know, write songs 
complete couple of shows, nothing very glamorous, but music was a huge part of my life all the way up until I was 28 years old, give or take, because after that, when I came back from tour, when I was like 20, uh, I think I was 20, 21 back then, I joined the musical crew that I did that for seven, eight years with, and, and music and, and, and the idea of creating was always a big part of who I am. And um, now I'm sharing with you guys where kind of where I come from with this because what's important is that both of my biggest passions in life is the outdoors, but an even bigger passion that I talk about all the time is the content, the creator side of it. The reason why I loved music and I did musicals and now I'm making movies or films on or videos, sorry, on YouTube and I and I share it and, and the reason why I sit here in my car while I'm driving to share my stories is because I fell in love with creating and storytelling along the way. And and I I just like I was just so consumed, have been consumed consumed ever since then. And understanding those two passions is important because the reason why I do what I do online as a content creator is one of many folds. The first one is because I so desperately want to give back what was given to me by Guillaume and other people in my life, but by Guillaume specifically about the outdoors because if it wasn't for his stories, his patience of teaching me all of that stuff, bringing me on, uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't have the skill set that I have. I wouldn't be able to do what I do. And uh, I'm so grateful for that, that honestly, like when I see, and when you compound that with the idea of creating and how passionate I am about that, I just found with the internet an opportunity for me to give back um, what was given to me, hopefully by telling my stories, by sharing the skills, the tips, entertaining people around it so that they can finally take their first steps into the outdoors. And I'm hoping to do this at scale. Like this changed my life so much. If I can change one person's life that I'll be so happy the way, way, sorry, if I could change one person's life the way that changed my life, this is why I'm doing this. And the idea of being able to do it on the internet and and having the, the level of scalability that we have that really passionate, like it's something that really is passionating to me. Well, passionating, is that a word? I'm very passionate about it and, uh, th- and that's why I'm doing it. Alongside with that, the reason why I'm out on trips is to push myself and to create memories. So I keep that at the back of my head all the time. And on a more selfish side of things is that creating is very much a part of who I am and what I do and I can't stop doing it. And uh, and, and I just want to become a better storyteller. And what I know about creating an art and storytelling is that it's, it's something that I learned from Stephen Pressfield uh, from the book, the war, uh, the war on Art, The War of Art, The Art of War. No, The War of Art. Sorry. <laughs> Phenomenal book. If anyone out there, even if you're not a creator, uh, it, it talks a lot about discipline and understanding how how you can immense to, to, to bigger and greater things in life. But one of the, one of the things that, they, that he continuously repeats is the idea that creating is objectively a very challenging thing to do. And it's very challenging and it requires a lot of dedication and, and, yeah, and dedication and, and commitment to it is important because the way an artist or a creator creates is by showing up, it's not by waiting for inspiration, but rather by showing up to the table every day with a pen and pencil and writing 
no ifs, ands, or but. You're there every day, and then by the action of showing up every day into your art is what manifests the muse, essentially, because that's what we're always kind of chasing for is the muse as creators. And, and, and these are kind of like my why as to why I'm doing what I do. So when I was out on the Batiskin River, and it was so challenging, that's all I could think about is why I'm here for that. Like, it's super hard and challenging. I signed up for that. That's why I, I do these trips. Like, that's a big part of it. And then why am I still filming? Because a lot of the times I, I just couldn't film anymore. I was so tired. It was to remember. I, I just remembered that I want to do this to hopefully, you know, inspire others to do that. But also because selfish, selfishly, selfishly, I want to become a better content creator. And I know that working in these really tough situation and moments is what propels you forward. Um, so Rob and Sabrina, what I want to ask back at you when you ask me this question is what is your why? What drives you to do what you do? Are you out there in the bush creating content for the sole memory of it? And just because you want to do it and it's just for fun. And if the answer is, I just want to do it for fun. And that's, you know, it's been interesting to be a part of the online community of the outdoors people and, and all that, then maybe sometimes you hit places where it's like, you know what? filming isn't fun anymore and that's fine like I don't think you have to overly judge yourself about that I think that's you know if it if it defeats the purpose as to why you're doing it I don't think you should necessarily be putting yourself through uh through that uh if it's going to make you burn out and not enjoy doing it later if you have a different why like me where you just want to become the best con you want to become the best storyteller that you can become in your lifetime essentially then my answer to you, and same thing for, for the trip, if you go out on trips to challenge yourself, my answer to you is that when you're in those moments, just remember that's what you signed up for. Like, just focus on that. It's like, this sucks, this is hard, I wanna be home right now, I'm not having fun right now, but know that these moments that you push through and you actually do the work in them is what may, propels you forward. The amount of knowledge and skill set that I've developed on the Batiskin River for canoe camp, whitewater canoe camping is more than all of what I learned in the last two years, in the last two summers. These moments make you grow like hell. So, but if you don't have a strong why you're doing this, um, it's very easy to second guess yourself because even with a strong why, you always second guess yourself anyways. So that's... That's kind of the, the first part of the answer I want to I wanna answer uh, just to kind of give that value because I think it's key. I think it's key to everything in life that we do that's challenging. Uh, if you can identify a really good why that's meaningful to you, that will propel you f way further than you could ever hope for because the human body and the human mind, from my experience and my short time in life, like 34 years, with the things that I've done, uh, like, for example, building my house, which is a project that... I took on that took me 365 days and a full year. Um, I know that going through these tough moments when they're really, really tough, the products that it yields after and the rewards that they yield after are very, very valuable. But you need to have a why to be able to push through that. Otherwise, it, it's meaningless to do them and it's very, very challenging. To talk more about maybe like this, the, the be a little bit more concrete to the second part of the question about the creation side of things, which is something I'm so passionate about. So when you ask that question, I'm like, let's go, let's answer those questions because maybe I can share with you a bit of my steps to creating that I've kind of developed over time 
that uh, maybe it'll it'll bring value to you. Um, the most important thing that I found with creating videos for YouTube or whatever kind of videos is that the only thing that you should focus on when you're out there is to document and not to create. And that is such a subtle, such a subtle little difference because creating means that you're constantly trying to um, maybe come up with a narrative or, uh, and not that that's necessarily bad, but like when you're in creating mode, you're exerting a lot of energy around the creative side of what you're doing. When you're in documenting mode, you're just documenting what's happening without overly thinking about it. And that's the key here because when things get really, really hard, it is objectively also the best time to film. This is when you should be like these, and this is why I'm a little upset about the bad skin because I didn't film as much as I should have when I think about it. But, but it's like it, the tough moments have to be around. You have to document them. And, and then you, and then the, the way I've managed to, that I've found that I can document them is, uh, in the best way possible. Uh, I actually learned that from, from Xander Budnick, another big content creator in the niche. When we did our YouTuber meetup last March, uh, I was fascinated by, at, uh, one of the things that was really interesting about meeting everybody was to see them with their camera in action. I wanted to see the behind the scene. How do they operate it? How is it, you know, always on or always not on? And one thing that I learned a lot from Xander that I've been applying a ton and uh, is that just from looking at him go, his camera runs like he he records really long clips so his camera's on the stand maybe it's clipped into your canoe he turns it on and he'll let them run for 10 20 minutes and and i know that this might sound annoying for after the fact when you're trying to decide for all the all the all the the footage and i'll get to that in a sec but the value that it gives back is that when your camera is recording at the back of your head, you remember that it's recording. It's set up in, a, in an angle. You're capturing a moment, everybody around a campfire, or you're slugging through a portage, and you just turn, just turn on the camera, hook it onto your, to your, hook it onto your canoe, turn on the camera, document. Don't worry about talking to the camera. Don't worry about having to, to say something to the camera. Document, document, document. Let it run, because you're gonna capture a lot of moments in those times. And I learned, like I said, I learned that from him. I would see him set up his camera. He's recording, sit down at the fire. And then 15 minutes later, he'd get up, pick it up, put it somewhere else. He wouldn't even stop the clip, just move it around, get a different angle. And then something would happen. And then he would remember the camera is on and because it's on. And then he would just grab it, address the camera real quick, put it aside. And, and that like, like hard method of working or of capturing moment really I, for me was big. Like it's, it's, it's like, it's so much easier than having a ton of little clips. And, uh, and, and every time that you record, you need to have something to say, if that makes sense. When you let the camera run, capture some of the moments, the tough moments, you put it on the, on a tree, you record it, you bring a full thing back, you do all your portage, then you take it, you turn it off. Then you find a bunch of little gems in there, uh, that you wouldn't have if the camera was just not on. So for tough times when you're trying to create, document. Just just focus on documenting. Record, record, record as much as you can and uh, let that roll and see what w that will yield. Um, because 
at the end of the day, when you come back home, it's not having the footage that, when you have no footage, that's what's really challenging at telling a story. Um, and, and documenting is absolutely key. Another interesting thing with documenting that I've learned, especially in the last six months, and you guys might have noticed this in my content from previous content to today, um, is that for some reason in the outdoor niche, when we're telling the stories of our trip, we feel the need to have to tell every step of the way. So, and what do I mean by that? I mean that how many outdoor content creator filming do you see them start a day in their trip by opening, opening a tent, uh, climbing out of the tent, uh, making a cup of coffee, starting a fire. And all of those are great to document and I certainly do at times and I kind of like use them, but I've come to realize that I don't need you to see me over five days get out of my tent five times. Unless, unless that's part of my branding and part of like my storytelling the way I want to do it. Same thing with like, I don't need you to see me make coffee five times. You can see me once do it, you'll get the sense of it and then, and then I'll move on from it. Like for example, for me, I spend a lot of time filming how I cook my dinners. That's where I spend most of my time because it's something I've enjoyed. It's something people have also enjoyed seeing how to cook really nice meals out in the backcountry, And uh, I want to share that more. So I do it. But even sometimes in my storytelling, I'll cut most of it and I'll make a short with it or a reel or a TikTok with it. Because really for the story, how many times do you need to see me make coffee? And that's, and that's, and the reason why I say this is that that will relieve once you start looking at like the actions that you're trying to actually create instead of document, the action you're trying to document, uh, sorry, that you're trying to film, once you see those for what they are, then you're going to realize it's like, you don't need, I don't need to film this portage, for example. I don't need to film this sequence of breakfast and morning because you've already done it so many times. That story has been told many times and it's okay to assume that your audience and your viewers will be able to connect the dot. If you're sitting around a campfire and you fade to black, instead of waiting to be in the tent to talk to the camera, for example, to say goodnight, if you fade to black at a campfire or while you're eating your dinner, and then you, you, you reopen with a fade in when you're you know, maybe stepping into your canoe or already paddling on the river or on the lake or hiking, whatever it might be, it's your, your audience will assume that that was the overnight, you know, and maybe you can use a little bit of a overlay and write day one, day two, whatever it is, but it's like, you don't have to overly document and create all the moments of every second of the day because, uh, because it gets repetitive. And in my opinion, it gets a little, um, uh, not necessarily boring, but it doesn't add to the story, I should say. Um, and depending on the style of content that you want to make, uh, which for me, I want to make my content as entertaining as possible and as story driven as possible. Other content creators make, make content. All I want you to be is with me for four days straight. And that's also great. And there's a lot of success to be had in there. Uh, but once you understand that framework, then you, you give yourself some break. Like, you know, like the Batiskin river was all about the, the times on the river. And I was so tired that I would get to camp and I'd just say, I'll see you tomorrow. And I would cut it right there and I would give myself the break and the luxury of not having to film all my dinners and all that kind of stuff. Because at the end of the day, the core of the story of the Batiskin was on the river. So that's what I focused on filming. 
And, and, and this is key because I used to film everything and I would come home and have way too much footage that I wouldn't even use and it's demanding to film everything all the time. So that'll allow you to give yourself some break along the way because you don't need to film all 18 portages. You need to document some of them, especially when you know and when you see that they're getting hard, document them, turn on the camera, let it run, do your thing. But, but to, to constantly be filming everything, you'll see that it's, uh, if, you, if you stop doing that and you pick more the moments that are applied to the story that you're, to the moments, the, the story that you're living, uh, you'll find a lot of, um, uh, it'll relieve a lot of the pressure of filming on you. And that's been a huge, huge game changer for me. The second step to filming after that is when you get home, uh, don't try to edit until you organize your footage because that's a part that you're trying to say. It's like now all my footage is everywhere. It's overwhelming and it is. Uh, but separate the idea of editing and being extremely creative because I'll get into that in a sec because editing is where the creativity comes into place a lot, like a lot. And actually just to go back to the documenting, one of the big things you can do in documenting is document the scenery so that you can paint a picture for your audience so that you can give them context as to where you are. That's why I'm in absolute love with my drone and I use it so much. I, I find it's a really nice artistic way to paint uh, an accurate representation to give context to where I'm at to the audience. So anyways, go, get back home, focus like however time that you need on organizing your footage without too much thinking about it, without thinking about how am I going to create this. Meaning, uh, for me, because I use multi-cameras, three, three GoPros for all my rapids, I need to separate from three different uh, uh, GoPros and put all of those like rapid one, three clips, rapid two, three clips. I need to go through all the footage, a lot of footage that's just like two second clips, delete, 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 like just clean up the footage and organize it so that when it's time to create, you don't have to look for your footage. And that's a big key because when you're, or when you don't organize your footage well and you're trying to create, you're losing the, you're, you're getting snapped out of the zone. Like being in the zone when you create, when you edit is key to be able to be creative and to be able to really focus on the story you're trying to tell. So, uh, so don't, don't mix those two together. And also I'll, I'll tell you that when I started to do that, it helped me a lot not feeling so overwhelmed because the dude in, in film, in filming industry, like there are people's sole job is to organize footage. Like in the music industry, same thing when I used to work at, well, when I used to do a lot of studio work and all that, like, there are people's job that their only job is to organize the clips or the audio sounds or all of that. So, so focus on organizing it and then focus on creating. What I like about this section of organizing, because you know, you will scrub through your footage real quick, just to kind of give you an idea of what everything is. Uh, it also gets your, in the back of your head, thinking about, about the trip and thinking about the footage that you've captured. And, it, and if you have time between the organizing of your footage to the time that you edit, uh, you know, even if it's just a day or a day or two, what that'll do is that, at least for me, is that I obsessed over the story that I want to tell based on the footage, the, the clips of the footage I saw. And then I start thinking, I'm like, man, I'm going to need a really, cause, cause that, and that's going to lead into the editing section now. When you're editing, focus. The most important thing you should focus on is not to share events of what's happened, but rather to share 
events that portray emotions that you're trying to, to give out. And, and that's key because all good story, the reason why Pixar is so phenomenal at telling story and, and why I cry at every single goddamn movies that they make is because they're extremely good at conveying emotions in their characters that is transformative throughout the film. And that's the part that I think I need to work the most on because I'm not, I'm not where I want to be with that personally. So I, I focus a lot on thinking about that. And when it comes down to editing or, you know, then putting your story together, if there's a reason, if, if, and it'll come back to, 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 you know, maybe not filming everything. If there's a purpose to set a mood and an emotion to you making a coffee, then show that footage. If there isn't any purpose to your morning routine until you hit the water where the action is, where now maybe you see the tension and the, and the, the, yeah, it's a tense moment or someone is a little scared or, you know, it's like, I need to get over this. And I've, I've been apprehensive about that, that day, because I know it's going to be a crazy long day. If it doesn't serve to, to the main emotion that you're trying to, that main emotion arc that you're trying to give throughout the entire uh, video that you're putting together, just cut it out. Just just cut it out and focus on sharing those emotions and uh, and that arc of emotion. And and when you do that, what's interesting because you've documented. When you get into the editing pr- uh, phase of, of of that process, then you can start using all the editing tools to help you do that. If you forgot to, for example give context by vlogging to your camera. If you didn't talk to your, cause sometimes I spend a full, you know, especially on the baddest skin, like there are days that I barely talk to the camera. It's all events after events after events. You can see the emotion in my eyes. You can see the tension from obviously from the big water and the challenges and people swimming and swamping. You can see all of that, but it's lacking a lot of context. And that's something that I, I've been thinking a lot about for the baddest skin river for like three weeks now, because I'm thinking I'm like, I lack a lot of context. So what does that mean when you get to the to the editing phases? Because in editing, you, you can do a lot of things. Like one of the things that I do all the time and I spend an enormous amount of time, I spend way too much time on that, is picking the right songs. Like I spend a lot of time, I use Musicbed, I pay for that so I can add music to my footage. And and I I want the song that'll that'll convey the right emotion with the moment that I'm trying to do. And I'm, again, that's something I feel like I, I still have a lot to work on, but that's something I spend a lot of time at, like just trying to find the, the right song that's just going to give that emotion to the footage. So, and if you can do that, you don't need to talk to the camera anymore, right? So if you've documented, maybe you have the right track at the back, you have the right uh, sound effects maybe around if you add a, a few of these, depending on the situation, then you can find yourself in the place where it's like, um, where you can really convey an emotion through an event. And then if I really need to give context, like for example, very important example that I'll give you right now that I'm gonna have to do, uh, you can use voiceover for that. And and that voiceover is super useful. So on the last day of the Batiskin, the third day of the Batiskin River for us, we got our ass kicked. Like that's when we pinned, that's when people swam, the rapids were huge, it was stressful, it was physically demanding, the portages were ridiculous, it was emotionally draining because of how much damage we took. And then the next morning, uh, my, my kind of like one of my really good friends, uh, Mo, who comes on all of these trips with me, he's been a, a, a river guide for 
he was a river guide for 12 years. He has like 1500 days on the water. His level of knowledge is like through the roof. And he could feel that the team was feeling the way I was expressing. And he took like a three minute moment in the morning. And he just kind of, we were all about to get in the canoe and he stopped everybody he says, okay, guys, you know, before we get in today, I know yesterday we hit a lot, you know, we got a lot of damage, we're, 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 we're worn down, we're tired, we're tense because, because of what we lived yesterday. Uh, but he's like, whitewater canoeing and traveling in whitewater is about finesse. It's about working the least amount so that you can travel the best way. It's about working with the river, not against the river. So anyways, I don't want to go too deep into that, but he went into that freaking beautiful, beautiful speech and I want to punch myself in the face because I didn't document that. So, and, and I think it'll set the mood and the emotion really well for that last episode. I know it. I need that. So post-production, that moment happened. I didn't create it. I'm actually, he lives, he's my neighbor. I'm going to go see him. We're going to go outside. So we have kind of outdoor environment and I'm just going to film him saying that speech again. And I'm going to use the B-roll that I documented from to lay over and to set the scene of the day with his voiceover. And so, so these are kind of the editing tricks that you can do that, that will save you and that can save you if you, if you didn't, um, if you didn't, uh, uh, document as much as you wanted to. And, um, and that's kind of like the entire process for me of, of how I do all of that. And, um, hopefully that brought you value. Hopefully everybody at home, if you're not a content creator, hopefully you kind of enjoyed the back, the, the behind the scene. Um, you know, uh, if you haven't checked out Robin Sabrina's channel, it's Ontario camping couple, go check them out, give them some love, subscribe, do all that beautiful stuff. Instagram, they're on there as well. Facebook as well. And, um, Hopefully this brought a lot of value to you guys. If you have any questions, uh, I love answering those questions. Even if they're about creating, I know that my audience, not a whole lot of my audience members are creators, but I think for, for fans of the medium, for, for, for the people that are fans, like I am a fan of watching, you know, Xander, Joe Robinette, all these guys, uh, or all the other content creators that I listen to that are outside of, of the niche of the outdoors. I'm a fan of watching what they do. Hearing the behind the scene is something that makes me feel a little closer to them and, and makes me feel like I'm a part of the process a little bit. So hopefully you guys found some value into this. Um, something that I'm super passionate about as well is I've put together uh, a Discord channel um, for an online camping or backcountry camping community. It's called Marty's Outdoor Community. Uh, Discord is an app. It's a messaging app that helps you organize essentially all of your the conversations in different subcategory. It's a little bit intimidating to be honest at first when you get in, but once you kind of get into it, it is by far the best way to, to organize conversation with a group of of large, a large group of people that just want to talk about a specific subject. Imagine Facebook groups, but on steroids because Facebook groups, the feed just keeps running and then you lose the conversations. This one, the feed runs, but it's subcategorized when where depending on what you want to talk about. If you want to talk about camping, river trips, gear talk, whatever it might be, you kind of go into whatever channel that you want to talk about and then the community can kind of all be a part of it. And I would love, love to create the biggest online uh, 
like outdoor enthusiast community out there. And I would love for you to be a part of that. So uh, in the show notes of this video, in the com- in the video descriptions, all of that, I'm going to leave a, a link in there uh, that'll invite you to the Discord channel. Or if you go to my the link in my bios on all my social media, uh, the, you're going to see the Discord channel there as well. I would love for you to be a part of it. Join the Discord, join the community. Uh, like I said, I, you're going to have to download the app, make an account. That's pretty simple for everybody. The usability of the app is intimidating, uh, but once you get into it, it's phenomenal. And we're already, I think, 20 in there. I'm super excited. A bunch of passionate, bunch of camping nerds that just can't get enough of, of talking about camping. It's the best way to interact with me. It's the best way to uh, to interact with the community. I'm there every day answering questions, trying to start up some conversation, and I would love for you to be a part of that. Also, if you want to ask a question for this show, make sure to take a video selfie of yourself. Email it to me, marty at martymorissette.com. DM it to me, Facebook Messenger or Instagram. And thank you so much for watching or listening. And I'll see you in the next one. Peace.